What's up, y'all? Welcome to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. We're talking superheroes, movies, TV, video games, comic books, action figures, cartoons, anime, and more. I'm Lawrence St. Victor. You got Jack Walker Pearson, Richard Wilson, Christopher St. Victor. Gentlemen, what's going on? How is your week? What are you reading? What are you playing? What are you watching? What's up? I'll tell you what I watched. I watched two episodes of Harley Quinn. Oh, you did it! Ah. You did it! And I give them back to you. You're tripping. <laughs> well, listen, here's what I'll say. It was, I liked it, but I, I did feel like in the first two episodes, and maybe after the first two episodes, they stopped trying so damn hard. But in the first two episodes, they maybe said the F-bomb as much as a Tarantino film. And it didn't serve the content. It did in a few cases. In a few cases, it was just hysterical. Dude, just when hysterical. Joker said, when Joker said, "What do you think? I'm some basic bitch." <laughs> that was hysterical. <laughs> and that was hysterical. I'm not saying that wasn't funny. And the violence is funny, and then blowing up people, and and just Gordon being a drunk. Yeah, Gordon's like Gordon, oh, oh. <laughs> hysterical. The idea of it is hysterical, but I felt like the writing of it. It, it felt forced in a lot of the first episode. It just felt forced. It was like, all right, we're going to shock you bastards into understanding what this content is. Are you shocked yet? Wham! Here's another one. So I don't know. Maybe they maybe they find their rhythm a little more as the series goes on. But after the first two, it reminded me that there are two kinds of people in this world. People who <laughs> have to finish oh. what they start. And then people like me that are like, ah, all right, uh, let me try something else. Richie's tripping, man. Yeah, it's good stuff. I don't know what you're talking about. It is There's good, no- but I, I agree with Jack, though. I said this, Lord, I didn't I say the same thing to you even before, even before we had the podcast? Didn't Chris, I say that what, to you? What, what shirt are you wearing right now? What shirt are you wearing? Yeah, DP. Deadpool. It's the same thing. But Deadpool never feels forced. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't That's feel forced. Sure. Rich, did you think Harley <laughs> Quinn felt forced? Um, Not going to lie. The first, the first episode, I thought the, they were dropping a lot of a lot of the f bombs and whatnot, or is it just jarring? Because you've seen Batman animation, no, it's so, different. So it's, it's not. Different. No, I, I, I'm not easily jarred. No, like you can't jar me. But um, yeah, it felt a little forced. There you go. That's three people saying, "All right, guys, ease up into it. Fine. We don't mind you doing it. We love the content. It's the first but of its kind. So you gotta let it. Either. There's been gotta, hard art. You got you got another mainstream animated superhero cartoon. That is a parody. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not uh, to tick all those boxes. But they've been hard R films, cartoon films in the past. Right. But for this to do, this being the first out of the gate, kind of one of a kind, you gotta let it breathe, Jack. You gotta come back and watch a few more. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying. I think they need room to let themselves breathe. Man, Rich, what did you do this week? Just been playing that Rift Breaker. That's really it. Because oh, you and Jack had a little like thing where he watches Harley and you. Yeah, watch, now, like, now I gotta watch. Now I gotta watch Superman and Lois. Yes, yes. You do. Yeah. You do. It's only right. Uh, what were you playing though? Uh, Rift Breaker. The Rift Breaker. The Rift Breaker. Yeah, it's good. I like it. It's, um, I saw like Command and Conquer ish. I wouldn't. Say, I'm not gonna say Starcraft really because you really can't send mm-hmm. out units. But you're pretty much running around in the mech. Building up a base, uh, resources, power, stuff like that. Build a base, like a base defense. So more like um, somewhat command and conquerish, but you don't have units to control. Is it as involved as StarCraft? I mean, StarCraft, man, that game is... 
as of right now, is not as involved as StarCraft. Um, there's like indigenous monsters that come around and, and and try to mess your base up, but you put up enough defenses and it they they get wiped out. It's free. It's free on Game Pass as Xbox. So you know, I mean, check oh, out. He's so check smug. Out, check out the nice. Sony Store. Maybe I don't know what the Sony Store is called, but check that out. I guess. Hey, listen. There ain't no. There ain't no shame in in casting a little shade on that. I know there's a big Xbox PlayStation rivalry, but to me, it's all love, brother. It's all love, Rich. I got no problem. I got them both, but I play my Xbox to death. Chris, man, what's going on with you? Uh, traveling. Uh, all last week I was in Canada, and I was in Walmart in Canada, which is really cool because I was in Montreal and everything's in French. So Walmart feels a lot classier than it actually is. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. But what was cool? So I don't know if the '60s Adam West Batman was. Just not popular in Canada, but I ended up buying the oh, Lego cool. um, '60s Batman Batmobile set. We had featured this on our on the on the Instagram probably like I don't know a couple months ago, and I was like, I'm gonna yeah. buy, I'm gonna buy it, but it was 35 bucks. But when I was there, I was on clearance for 20 something bucks Canadian, so I got it for like under 20 bucks. I'm like, it's a, oh, it's right. a must buy at that point, so I bought it. Back Guy literally back. left the country yeah. to get a Lego Batmobile. That's it. That's the exact, that's the only reason why I went to Canada. <laughs> the I, heard only reason. I heard it on sale. He's been Canada. looking all over for this <laughs> at a bargain price. Exactly. So I'm gonna fly, save fifteen whole dollars, and that's it. It works out. <laughs> I finished Titans this week. Okay. In the words of my boy Jack Walker Pearson. That show don't make no damn sense. No, that's not that's not what I'm thinking. It and makes you know no damn sense. It didn't take four seasons to figure that one out. Bro, like, I'm cool with season one because it's not about plot. They're doing interesting things to the characters, even though they're doing things outside of character. But this season just didn't make any sense. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone still watching, but like, spoiler alert, not hard spoiler. Which, you know, you watched it. Scarecrow is pretty much the villain in the series, and he's held whoa, up somewhere. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's not a yeah. big deal. We'll probably get it in the trailer. He's held up somewhere. Him and Red Hood are, like, doing bad things, and the Titans are, like, at a loss. But you got Superboy on the team. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he just go in? They, and they know where Scarecrow is. It's not like he's hiding somewhere in a lead case or whatever. You know exactly where he is. So why isn't Superboy just going in and getting him? Reasons. Reasons. There you go. And they know exactly where he is. It's like it's a thing of where he is. And the reason why Superboy hasn't gone on in is the reason why, like in all their fight scenes, they never show him because there's no like you can't have Superboy on your team when you're just fighting thugs with guns. Because it's 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 a problem with like Captain Marvel in the film. You just you have someone who's so much more powerful than everyone else on the team. How do you utilize them? Your leader's Nightwing. Yeah, yeah, it's It's like, but it's still a fun one. You know what? That's a problem with leadership because the leader's not delineating well. I'd be like Superboy. You watching Nightwing in these fight scenes going ham, and I'm like, bro, you're working too hard. You have right. a Superboy. Right. <laughs> Superboy. <laughs> you saw that. Now you saw that in the first few episodes. Where it was like, yeah. why is Nightwing fighting? So, like, why is he dropping a smoke bomb and coming in like unseen? You have a. He Superboy. needs to take one out of Cap's playbook. Hulk smash. That's yep. it. All day. I finished Squid Games as well. I will not say oh. a word about that because yeah, I'm in the middle of it. Don't spoil it. It's it's incredible oh. content though. 
I'm not even going to spoil it to the point where I'm going to talk about anything outside. I finished it and I enjoyed it. That's it. The, the trailer actually anything. doesn't do it justice. And I'm happy it doesn't. I'm happy it doesn't. It's so much, there's so much more going on. And so, you wouldn't want, you wouldn't no, want to know. No, right. <laughs> Don't say anything else. Say about it. But, I'm done. But I'm you done. might say this. Anyone who's listening to this and not watching Squid Games, y'all, what are you doing? There's a reason why it's the most watched thing on the planet right and now. And I'll say this. The less you know about it, the better the experience. And the more time you wait, the more you're just going to know things or understand yeah, yeah, some yeah. things about it. And honestly, watch it now after you listen to this podcast. Go go watch it now. Yeah. Or you know what? Ain't going to hurt our feelings. Kill this podcast. Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, Sorry. Easy Sorry, brother. What are you doing here? Easy, guys. What are you doing here? Yeah, no, yeah. Finish, no. finish this episode and then go watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lawrence is right. Finish the episode. Oh, wow. What's wrong with you? Chris, Bye. I got a question, man. What's that, Lawrence? How do superheroes prepare their dinner? How do superheroes prepare their dinner? They save the food first. What? That one was rough. Wait, what? That one was rough. What? We all tried so hard to humor it. That one was so bad. What was that? that was so bad. They saved the food first? Yeah, because they're superheroes and they're having dinner. Oh Did you write that how yourself? do they prepare it? No, I didn't write that myself. Oh did you God. write it yourself? I did not write it myself. This is oh man, that is You write yes. it. Yes. Those of you who don't know, Lawrence Ashley is a professional writer. He gets paid to write for television shows from time to time. Can you make that better? No, I won't even put myself on the spot. I won't even try. <laughs> I will say the Superman one soup. Superman one from the other episode, I did come up with that one. Or at least I think oh, I did. Oh, and I made that better. Okay. And you, yeah, well, from time to time, Jack and I co-write, so then that makes sense. You did make that joke better. Um, but there's no saving that joke. There's one thing that can save that joke, and that's if we get in our car, drive through the light, make a left at the stop sign, and we might arrive at the collector's corner. It's here at the Collector's Corner, we take something out of our toy chest, something out of our bookshelf, and we present it to you. Something from our collection that can be sentimental or worth millions of dollars. What you guys got? Well, I'll go first. Um, didn't really get it on my toy chest, but I was uh, in the comic book store or memorabilia store. I'm not sure exactly what you'll call it. But uh, in the mall, I came across this while looking at figurines and whatnot. It's Alien Bloodlines. Ooh, yeah. Oh yeah! I've been digging a lot of uh, alien content lately with, with audiobooks. I'm listening to to uh to Cold Forge right now, coming to the end of that. And I was like, you know what? I want to read some stuff. I want to look at some pictures while I'm reading. And I'm like, let me get this. Is it yeah. in any continuity, or is this a standalone story? Uh. I think it's any continuity. I haven't start. I haven't cracked it open yet, but it's in. It's it's uh, from Marvel. See right mm. there, boom. Um, as of right now, I don't believe it's in any continuity, but I think they all kind of mesh together at some point in time, if I remember reading correctly. 
they all kind of because I, I listened to a few YouTube channels where they're, where they're reviewing the um just alien stuff and most most of just content kind of meshed together. Yeah, they don't contradict each other enough right. to be outside. So if yeah. they needed to, they can blend. Let me take it after Rich because mine actually works kind of well with what Rich got. So in the '90s, the alien toys were really really big. So I have the Bishop toy from the '90s. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he comes apart. Yeah. And then I have Apone. So Man. here's the, thought here's, start. Yeah. here's the interesting thing about these. These toys are from a cartoon that was never actually released. In the '90s, it was supposed to be an uh, an alien cartoon that they built the whole toy line around, and the cartoon never came out. So they just released the toys. The toy line ran for about I think a little bit less than ten years, but it was one of the few things where they didn't have a cartoon to support it. So yeah. these these figures are actually modeled after what was supposed to be in the cartoons. Oh wow! Can you imagine watching an aliens cartoon growing up? <laughs> Dude, in the eighties, they was making cartoons for movies that kids should not. Rambo. <laughs> Rambo. Rambo. It was. Are you right? Yeah, because yeah, you look at you look at the aliens. They had um they had a bunch of aliens that like watching the movies like you've never seen them before like they had like a bold alien like a spider alien they had a whole bunch of variants of aliens. Yep. Yo, you Which know would how have made sense the in the cartoon. Would be right. Here? If that cartoon had come out in the nineties, twenty twenty two, I mean the the kind of mythos behind because that would be canon then, you know whatever's in the can the cartoon would have pushed the canon forward. Mm, it depends, know. you know. It depends if. if if the cartoon's successful, like the real Ghostbusters was, yeah, yeah. it would have to. But then if it was like RoboCop. <laughs> oh, we had on. a RoboCop. I forgot about <laughs> just mad, like. I mean, Beetle, I remember watching Beetlejuice was great. Beetlejuice was great. Beetlejuice was good, yeah. Beetlejuice was good. Yeah, Beetlejuice was good. That's a rabbit hole to go down. Look yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It's a deep rabbit Dude. hole. Well, it's interesting. I don't want to stay in this too long, but even with Beetlejuice, it's like, because Beetlejuice was the antagonist. He was the bad guy in Beetlejuice, but the cartoon, yeah. they kind of make him the, the good the, guy. The, the well, good he's guy, the selling friend. point. He's yeah. the right. fun part of it. Yeah. So it's like, if a kid loved the cartoon, loved the toys of Beetlejuice, Robocop, Rambo, and said, I got to go see the movies because I love the cartoon, that's traumatic. <laughs> Are we getting a new Beetlejuice? Uh, there's been rumors for a long time, but I don't know. Yeah. I've never seen anything official about it. That's I'm anything tough, Michael Keaton man. right now. Michael Keaton want to come back as Beetlejuice. I will pay good money to watch that. Can you do Absolutely. Beetlejuice without Tim Burton, though? Like, for real? Mm. It's just, that's out of his mind, man. Yeah. But he established mm-hmm. the world. I'm saying Tim both. Burton confirms that Beetlejuice 2 is officially a go. Oh, then go. we don't need to do it without Tim Burton. There you go. See, I'm nice. all about that content. If Michael Keaton comes back as Beetlejuice. We're going to have, like, you know how, like, yeah. Matthew McConaughey had, like, the McConaughey? We're getting the Keaton Assance. Oh, how Bring nice it. would that be? And then we get our Batman Beyond. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I've got two show and tell items today. I went to Egypt, and, and we went to, like, seven different cities in Egypt. It was an incredible trip. And what I kept coming to the realization was is that the original superheroes were these egyptian gods and if you went to these temples and tombs and monuments and shrines the walls were so colorful they were like out of the pages of comic books so my show and tell item in my opinion is one of the original superheroes this is anubis the jackal god which i got in egypt 
And I mean, he's 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 just a straight straight comic book character. He's a freaking comic book character. All these yep. Egyptian gods are the original comic yeah. books. And fitting in line with animals being comic book superheroes. My follow-up show-and-tell item is another little animal. <laughs> it's a, a modern character. It's my Sonic the Hedgehog. Fully posable, six-inch action figure with gigantic clown shoes. This guy that's is a, running. That's dope. But but it was wild being in Egypt and walking around the tombs and I was I didn't have an image of just how colorful that place would have been back in the day. Yeah. These places were vibrant. It looked mm. like the page of a comic book. I went to the comic book shop to buy a comic book that was recommended on our Instagram page, that Batman joint. I didn't read it yet, so I'm not going to talk about it. But while I was walking around, I saw this and I had to buy this for the culture. I had to do it for the culture, man. I saw this dude. I'm yeah. holding up. Oh yeah, look at I'm, that. I'm holding up a Marvel Legends Miles Morales from the Spider Verse movie, and it's dope. He has a removable head, so you can put his mask on. How uh, good does that look? It looks so good. He's wearing his coat and his hoodie and his shorts and his Jordans over his Spider Man costume. And guys, is sick. I mean, his his coat is a softer. Uh, plastic, so you can almost wow. like open it up. That's cool. Yeah, this is like my first Marvel Legends figure, which is crazy. It's a good one to to, to cut your teeth on. Yeah, dude, dude. It looks so good. It's funny to me how the costume of heroes have shifted in the last decade. Texture. I, man. He he's basically in street clothes with accents. Yeah, and it works. It just works for his character. Yeah. I mean, and and it does come with a build a figure. I'm mm -hmm. not going to build it because I have no interest in collecting the rest, <laughs> nor do I need Stilt Man. <laughs> is that what it is? Stilt Man? It's Stilt Man. <laughs> so that's Here's my pickup. Miles, my only and my first Miles Morales. Very cool. How to do it. How to do it. But that's that, man. I hope you guys had a good time because it's time to get real. It's time to stop being so friendly. It's time to put on some boxing gloves because it's time for a debate. Let's get ready to rumble. Now, I know I'm not talking to you, gentlemen. For those listening who are fairly new to comic books, let me break something down to you guys. Marvel and DC are a lot different than just one has Spider-Man, one has Superman. The way they tell their stories, their ideology about superheroes are very, very different. DC is all about gods among men, gods on Earth. Even Batman, a billionaire in spandex, has like a godlike presence in the universe. Whereas Marvel is more about bringing the human into the superhero. They're regular people with abilities that aren't overpowered. And one deals with more of social issues and the other one deals with like, what if we were these gods, like superheroes, the broad strokes. So a lot of these heroes and villains aren't as interchangeable as you think between universes. But I want to ask you guys, if you can bring one superhero from Marvel to DC and then from DC to Marvel, who would it be? And this has to be a seamless transition. The superheroes should not feel like they need a massive reboot to exist in the other universe. Who you got? I got. I want to start with an honorable mention. Go ahead. And I think it would be a wonderful swap for a while. I wouldn't want to keep it this way, but I would would be cool to see how it turned out. And I know it doesn't exactly fit the criteria of your question. I would put 
Lois Lane at the Daily Bugle and see what happened. Because she's just so headstrong and aggressive. Yeah, she and would, she'd fit. She'd she'd fit into the content. She you would could, die. And you know what? She then would, Jimmy Olsen. She would her. die because Superman wouldn't be there to save her. Ooh, so interesting. Would just die. Take on that. <laughs> she cannot protect herself. Is what you're saying? Strong, yeah, man, what you're saying? strong, independent woman. No, no. Lois can protect herself, but anytime you she jump on a plane filled with a with a bomb to get the scoop, and you don't got a guy that can fly up there and get you out. I mean, well, she'd probably meet Tony Stark. She'd probably get hit on by Thor. You put her. What you the, what you saying, Jack? Is a strong, independent woman can't defend herself. She needs a strong man to back her up. That's yeah. not, not what I'm saying. I'm saying that she might as well be a superhero for all intents and purposes. Lois Lane, going to the Daily Bugle, would find a way to fit into the comic mythos of the Marvel universe pretty seamlessly. I think. I think she would enhance the content. Well, the Daily Bugle would have a presence. <laughs> exactly. More of a presence. But I, she will die because guess what? No one's there to catch her when she fell out of that airplane because she shouldn't oh, have been Rich. on there getting a scoop. Richie said it again. <laughs> what, 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 are you, what are you saying? You're saying a strong, independent woman can't can, uh, make up a contingency plan to save herself. And what I'm Mom, saying is man, a strong, independent person cannot survive falling out of a 747. Is what Maybe I'm she saying. makes a pack with Spider-Man, you know? There you Spider-Man, go. There, there's no buildings that high to catch her. No, listen. <laughs> he can't just Marvel, use webs to the, to the air. The Marvel superheroes at we're talking about, We're talking about Spider-Man with the webs on, the, on his armpits. He can, he can glide. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I checked, the whole thing is she's in trouble and Superman saves her. Is that not the storyline? That's her whole persona. The other hero who I think would fit well from DC moving over is I don't think the cyborg would have any problem incorporating into any of the Marvel content. I think with Marvel, they would lean more towards him being like a, a monster among men. They, they would lean more into the tragedy of Cyborg, whereas oh, DC kind of- grotesque and disfigured. You know, Marvel, they, they, they're going to kind of go that, at least in the beginning, go that route, where in DC, although he has that part of him, he's pretty celebrated as a hero pretty quickly in the mm. comics, which it could be interesting. I think his character would just evolve in a different way. In Marvel, but I think he'd incorporate pretty effortlessly. Yeah. Do you guys think the Joker would be able to do anything? Like, what does the Joker without Batman look like? Mm. The Joker in the Mar. See, that's a. Th- it's not. Yeah. You would have to. You couldn't bring Joker into Marvel. You'd have to like put him in a specific Marvel hero story. So like, you'd have to drop the Joker into Daredevil or something. Yeah, because when you have like Kingpin, you have Maxwell Lord, you have like these high-powered guys that don't have powers, but they have status and wealth. Yeah, like the Joker, just he could work, but like it'd be weird seeing the X Men versus the Joker. So, uh, Doesn't that make work? sense, right? He's but so Daredevil tethered. versus the Joker. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like the it's probably the closest fit. Yeah, that would work. But it doesn't, does it? I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, it would work. Yeah. Because Daredevil would have it, to use his heightened senses. Joker would have, you know, bombs planted throughout. And Daredevil would do his best to try and save whoever he had to save and try and save his 10-block radius. But I, but I guess... <laughs> but I guess... I guess what the transition is, will the character of the Joker flourish as much as he flourishes in DC? Yeah, I don't know. He's so tethered to the content. 
Because that and rogues gallery is there's so there's so many un, you know just regular people who are you know criminal geniuses or masterminds that play off of each other. You don't really see that in Marvel the same way you see it in DC. <laughs> Not really. That is one thing I liked about the Harley Quinn show. The romance between Batman and the Joker is hysterical. It's hysterical. <laughs> and I think like a lot of the characters in Marvel that are popular came in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, right? Uh, mm. A lot of them, with the exception of Captain America. So. The Joker works because he's still that golden aged, but modernized. Mm. And Daredevil is so not golden age like that. He's so not tethered to that part of comic lore that it's weird. But he's I don't he's, see he's dark and in the shadows like Batman. That's that's why he's he's probably the closest fit if you're going yeah. to try to make him fit. But it's like Daredevil's almost too grounded. Like oh, Batman's grounded, but he still has enough fantastic elements where you can have a guy with exploding umbrellas yeah <laughs> he's yeah. like like dick tracy like there's enough elements that are a little out there to work that are fanciful, yeah marvel moving over to dc yes what would the fantastic four look like moving to dc i think that works i yeah, think that it definitely works. works it definitely but works individually i don't think it works but as a team i think they could they could effortlessly make the transition because they're they're powerful enough, you know? They're not godlike powerful, but they're powerful. I think when they move to DC, wherever they are on the important list of superheroes in Marvel, they're going to get to DC and realize, oh, wow, <laughs> we're outgunned yep. in every well, keep, way. <laughs> keep in mind, Fantastic Four are known for galactic battles. Well, yeah. Literally, Galactus, Silver Surfer, you're looking at conflict on a cosmic level. So I think the thing that would be hard for them is finding out who exactly are they going against? Versions of uh, Darkseed, versions well, and, of... And, then, and he would kill them because the versions... thing about DC is the other versions in DC are overpowered. Mm. You know, the new gods, they are more powerful in ways than the Marvel counterparts. That's why Marvel sometimes comes across more interesting because there's just it's harder for the heroes to succeed. Where in DC, it's like they are gods. Like Superman will do what the Fantastic Four does on a weekend. So Fantastic yeah. Four is going to get there and try to go against Darkseid. It's going to be like, oh, this was easier with Thanos. Yeah. I think you could take Fantastic Four and move them over, and I think they'd work. Yeah, they would work. Yeah, they'd, they'd work. definitely work. They'd definitely Good work. job, Jack. Good job. <laughs> Chris, what you got? So you guys remember the Just Imagine series? They came out in like during the Amalgam time where Stan Lee reimagined uh, DC superheroes. He did... Superman, he did Catwoman, he did Wonder yes. Woman. So yeah. he did he did one for Flash, where Flash was part of like a secret agent. So if and I think that would be the best transition from DC. So Flash falls in, he works no. first. Flag on the play. Are you using Stan Lee's version of the Flash to seamlessly go to Marvel? No, let me explain to you why. Let me explain to you why. <laughs> Wait, what? He's like, yeah, of course it's gonna fit, you jerk. <laughs> yeah. Well, number one, yes. Number number two, because they they wrote him as a spy, which makes awesome sense for having a speedster. Chris, flag spy. on the play. You cannot take Stan Lee's version and what? say he fits with Marvel. Of course he fits with Marvel. You got to take a DC hero, uh, uh, DC created, and see if he fits. You can't take Stanley's interpretation and go see how it fits. Well, the does, so, so even, does okay, the so Flash? Oh, okay. so does the Flash? Does DC Flash straight up fit into Marvel and how? Look, 
I think if these, if the Flash moved over, even if we took the Flash Scarlet Speedster as he sits now, he gets integrated into Shield, and Shield uses him for espionage. It works. It but Barry Allen works. wouldn't be a secret agent. Why? He's already he's he's already a forensic scientist. His character would not just. He's a forensic scientist. He's a superhero and the super superhero. So he's not going to do shield work. That's kind of gray. He's you know a how age depressed hero. you know how depressed Quicksilver would be. He's already at a deficit in the comic book world, constantly being compared <laughs> to Flash. He's like, yeah, you're as fast as the speed of sound, but this mother effer is as fast as the speed of light. Yeah, this guy Stop turns that. back time. Sometimes faster. Sometimes it's like he can yeah, just world so, bend. So what do you think that does to the morale of a character that's already existing at a deficit? It, it might snap him. It might snap him. It might turn him into a villain. All of a sudden, that's it. You have your, you have your, you have your villain. It writes itself. Look at this. It writes itself. But he's not it a does. very good villain. You have him just villain. running laps around the dude. You can't be the Flash's villain because that's just not going to work. Chris, I don't think the Flash seamlessly fits. I think if you change, I think his power set fits. But Barry Allen is not just going to work. Would you put him shield. in? You would put him in New York, like Avenger Tower. He yeah. wants him to be a shield agent. Shield, He'd be shield. global. Yeah. But Barry Allen's not just going to work as a spy. He's a he's a member of the Justice League. No, I'm just saying. You say, no, it doesn't work. But we've been talking about this for two minutes, and we already we already wrote our first storyline. No, Flash and Quicksilver's the dope part. Listen, the listen, Flash ain't even part of it. Flash comes in. Quicksilver's jealous. He's like, this guy's taking my shine. Now I'm turning to the dark side. Flash is struggling with doing the gray stuff with the shield. He's trying to do his best because he's a scientist, but he's he's internally conflicted because shield runs in this gray area. He doesn't know how he fits there. And now he's conflicting with this guy, Quicksilver. Man, look, I read that book. There we go. I wouldn't say that's Honestly, a seamless he'd transition. Probably, he, he'd probably fit. Oh, did, did you drop the mic on that? <laughs> I don't the think mic. so. <laughs> I don't, the listen, I think the Flash could work, but I don't. I, but I think we could brainstorm to find a better place to put him. And like, let me redefine X Men. Let me, let me redefine seamless transition. You don't have to uproot everything he is to fit into this world. <laughs> you don't have to uproot his character, what he stands for, well, what you're his saying job it should be is. An effortless transition. I thought effortless, seamless. I thought it was yeah. tomato. Chris, tomato. did we not understand? Chris, did we not understand this word? Well, really he started not. off with Stan Lee's Flash would work in Marvel. Look, all like I it's know a moment. <laughs> is the more you guys argue, the more you guys prove my point. We wrote a complete story arc right now in the two minutes we were speaking. Facts. Chris, okay, who who do you have going from Marvel to DC? I, I know I'm going to piss you off with this one. <laughs> I'm sure you will. Go, go, give, give me it. So I would say I, I picked Wolverine because – Here's my problem. Here's my oh. Here's always been my problem with with Marvel, especially with the X Men. They have no regards to secret identities, and right. I feel like with Wolverine's torrid past and how he's trying to separate from his past, his transition to DC and taking a secret identity would be a really, really, really good angle for him. And then to try and like develop, he'll try and work with the team and try and not. But why be... would he take on a secret identity? He doesn't have. What one team here. does he go with? What no team idea. do you put Wolverine with? He's more Chris, of a solo Another flag right on the play. If you know Wolverine what? doesn't have a secret identity in Marvel, he's not just gonna pick one up in I DC. I want to see have a secret identity in DC. I want to see. I want to see that aspect. But he, you know, but he, but he, but he won't because he doesn't. So you, that's not a seamless transition. Yeah. But where I'll do you want to put him? I want to know where he wants to put him. Like I put him on the back on? of like Lobo's bike. 
Yeah, he can't be in space. <laughs> he's not riding on the back of a bike. Yeah, not nah, nah. He's, he's, he's straddling he's, his logos. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> breathing in space. My man. <laughs> But why is Jason Momoa not playing a live action of Lobo? Let's stay on ta- track here. <laughs> Let's talk about that. That was, you know, that was almost a debate question. I was going to come up. Well, I'll say that for next week. Peep game. I do think Wolverine can work in DC, but I would have to make him more like, like how he was in Japan, like Deathstroke ish, mm. like how he was in the Japan storyline. Is that the scene where he's in the ceiling and they shoot him up in the ceiling, get shot like a hundred times, and then he drops, yeah. and he's dead, and then he comes back? Yeah, I can see that fitting on some Deathstroke tip in DC. But then you're basically just moving Wolverine, the ownership of him. Wolverine as a standalone works in any comic book background. Wolverine incorporated into a world. My question is, how do you incorporate him into DC? Is that part of the question? I don't know. You might be able to get him on Doom Doom Patrol. Yeah, maybe. Looks like I clearly misinterpreted the question, even though I still think... You clearly did when he started saying, you know how Stan Lee reinterpreted DC's Look. hero? Take those heroes and put them in Marvel Comics. <laughs> He's already halfway there. Exactly. Jeez. All I know is that we wrote a complete story arc, so that's all Man. I mean. That's it. Rich, Rich, please, what do you have here? I mean, Marvel to DC, you know I got to go with my, my fan okay. favorite, Deadpool. I mean, Deadpool can work. Tell me how he can't. Well, Deadpool Where is a he's, he's a mockery of Deathstroke. You don't have to mess anything up. He can he can just slide right in there. What do you want? Suicide Squad? What do you want? Fighting Deathstroke? What do you want? Man? He looks good in Suicide Squad. Deadpool works because he breaks the fourth wall. He's already out. He's outside of. And honestly, time. he'd probably comment on it. He'd be like, "Oh, this is real different. Where's my Spider Boy? And, and he, Where am he I would at? be dope in Suicide. He would be dope as a member he'd of the like, Suicide Wait, Squad. You're the you're the asshole they based me off of. Come here. Yes, that would that, that would be awesome. All right, Rich, I'll give you that. One. That works. Good job, Rich. What you got going from DC to Marvel? DC to Marvel. I'm gonna go with my intergalactic biker Lobo. He stole mine. <laughs> he works. He works so well. He works. He does work. Listen, I understood the assignment. Oh, Rich, you most <laughs> bravo to this guy, Jack. Can we get an applause sound effect over here? You know what I see right now? I see Benicio del Toro clapping for you right now. The Marvel yes. version of Benicio. Mm. <laughs> you can totally see. Imagine the Guardians of the Galaxy on a mission and Lobo just comes up. Like, right? I was, that's okay. what I was thinking. Yeah, well, Guardians of the Galaxy, Lobo is out there tooling around and then they, they clash somehow. Rich understood the assignment. Yeah. That's not, it works. That's effortless. That's effortless. That's you don't seamless. have to change, Chris. Chris that's 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 seamless, <laughs> Chris. If, if I roll my eyes any harder, my eyes are gonna get stuck <laughs> in the back of my head. That's seamless, because like you don't have to change a thing about the main man. And I, actually, I would in. love to see that. I, I want to see, see that. I feel like he would be better in Marvel. Actually, you're right, because he'd have more people to play with. It's, it's more um intergalactic over there. There's actually a world there. Yeah. yeah. Him and Silver Sur- Silver Surfers on a surfboard. This guy's already, on a motorcycle. It's already a thing. Yo, then that's it right works. itself. Dude, well, I will say Rich stole mine. That was my DC tomorrow was Lobo. So okay. I'll try to come up with something as a runner-up. Uh, but my my Marvel to DC is Spider-Man. I think it's pretty seamless. I think Spider- Well, Spider-Man to me works 
kind of like a DC hero anyway. He has a secret identity, and and you really see the struggle of having an alter ego. He has a a love interest that's in danger all the time. He he feels more like a DC hero. So I would kind of just drop him in as is. Where does he fit in though? What New York? Like New York. He's kind of like a superpowered Nightwing. How Nightwing is in Bloodhaven. It would be like I wouldn't change a thing. He would just get bitten by a radioactive spider. All that stuff would just happen in the DC universe, as is. He'd be a member of the Justice League. Really? Would he though? You put him in Teen Titans? That's well, probably well, more. No, I go Teen Titans. No, because Spider Man, when he was a hero, he didn't let people know he was a kid. That was a, that was the cool thing about Spider Man is this sidekick oh, yeah. actually is the main hero, and no one knew his age. All right, he let's round have... up the let's round up the Justice League. Would then Spider Man be the weakest member of it? I mean, he'd be on like Flash level, I suppose. No, because the Justice League still has Batman in it. So, <laughs> so Batman, <laughs> Bat, I'm sorry, but Batman can dodge an Omni beam. Apparently, in no preparation, you can do anything. There we go. One thing. Well, I, I I don't know if he'd be on Justice League, but I I mean, can you imagine the the type of relationship him and Superman would have? That's interesting. Just, okay. And there'd be a whole lot man. more dialogue. Be dialogue. And then if they knew each other's identity, Superman, I know what it's like having powers as a teenager. And I didn't even mm-hmm. set out to do what you're trying to do. Maybe I think Spider Man fits better in DC. He'd probably be better friends with Shazam. True. I mean, yeah. it works. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. Yo, you yeah. almost, almost redeemed yourself <laughs> just now. Keyword is. Almost. Look, all I know is we wrote a full story arc in two minutes, Dude. so that's all I gotta tell you. Look at, Sp- <laughs> at Spider Man's Rogues Gallery. They're like DC characters with Green Goblin and Doc Ock. They, they, they're Rhino. similar, they're Rhino. Yeah. They're 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 fantastical. So who who becomes his new? Who's he fighting now? Dude, you can even have Spider Man go up against the Joker. That works. That works <laughs> here. It could. I like to see him against someone with powers, though. Yeah. No, no one, no one crazy overpowered, but someone that has some kind of powers where he could kind of, where he can kind of really engage. Well, yeah. he could, he could battle. Well, yeah. be good. He could fight uh, King Shark. Yeah, he can fight a lot of yeah, their rogues gallery. Anyone animal based, cheetah. Anyone animal based. Now let me give a runner up here because Rich stole my Lobo. Who do I think from DC can go to Marvel seamlessly? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Oh, honestly, I, 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 I since this is a runner-up, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be seamless. But Sans, a lot of his origin, just as a character as is from adulthood, Nightwing fits. Where? In, like, the Daredevil Night- universe? Yeah. Yeah. But you have to get rid of the whole Batman training him. He was a trapeze artist. <laughs> You have to get rid of all the other oh, stuff. So you, you, you got to change his whole origin, and you're, gotta, you're yelling at me for Flash. I just got to just gotta pull Chris to make this work. Um, but I don't got to run her up because Lobo's the best transition from DC to Marvel. It just is. Honestly, he might be that, and and it improves the content and the character. Yeah, just is. Well yeah, done, really. Rich. And I thought of it too. So well done, me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it. Awesome guys, that was fun, man. That was fun, Chris. You failed the assignment, but we still love you. Again, again, again. We have an almost completed storyline. Fair enough. That uh, guys, I think it's time for some news. It's time for the news. Yo, so this is a 
one brand, but we do talk about toys and we talk about movies. So in the Barbie live action movie, Ryan Gosling will be playing Ken. I missed this one. They're making a Barbie live action? They're making a Barbie live action, apparently, and Ryan Gosling has been tapped to star as Ken in Barbie. You have a problem with that, Rich? I mean, what what is what would he what what would it be about? Is this a movie or a show? It's got to be. It's Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling. It's got to be a movie. Yeah, too big. Why? It's gonna be. Don't know. And is it a comedy? I have no idea. It's probably a romantic comedy. Uncharted dropped their trailer. Yeah. Yes, it did. I feel like the fan film might have been better. Ooh, Jack Stone Shade. Listen, I'm. Listen, I like. I like. It looks big. It looks epic. I know, I know his name. Tom Holland. It looks, yeah. I don't think he. I mean, he's maybe a little too young for me in this role. Is he's my thirty-eight he years old, Jack. He's thirty-eight years old. He just looks he, like a child. He looks is he like really? A, I'm, 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 I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you know what's funny about this trailer is that you know, Uncharted has been in development for decades. Mark Wahlberg at one point was tapped to play Nathan Drake. But then he aged out because it took so long to get going and bounced around. But watching the trailer and seeing Mark Wahlberg in it, I'm like, yeah, what's he's yeah. Nathan Drake. Yeah. Could have been Nathan Drake, yeah. Yeah, and and that and to me, listen, who knows? You guys see the movie, but the CGI looked really bad when he's falling out of the plane. To me, the tone of it looked all camp. The uh, Man, I guess I'm shitting on it, aren't I? He looked yeah. young. You it's like everything, all over it, everything about it looked like cookie cutter. I wanted to, because I, I listen, because those games are awesome. Though anyone ain't played the Uncharted games, what, to quote Rich, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing <laughs> with your life? <laughs> those games are sick, and the story's fun, and there's a texture and a and a kind of loose gravitas to the guy, and I'm not sure. Listen, Tom Hollins is great in a lot of content, and I'm not saying he can't be that that version of a leading man at some point, but I don't think he's that version of the guy now. This is an Indiana Jones story. It's not a coming-of-age story. Mm. Rich, our video game guy, would say you. Oh, well, I mean, to, to bash myself with my own words, I don't know what I've been doing in my life because I haven't played none of them. Yo, really? Bro, how did that happen? Come Cause, on. Because it's on PlayStation. I'm a I'm an Xbox uh, guy. Yeah, it's an exclusive, isn't it? Yeah. It is. It is. But you got but, both consoles, and you made a point. So now listen, what's your excuse? I, I mean, I don't, I don't need to be buying all these games for every console. Come on, man. I'm broke out here. Bro, it's, hard, <laughs> it's hard out here. It's hard out here. It's hard out here, Jack. But um, I mean, they were doing. I was looking at it, and they were doing like um side by side comparisons from like scenes from the game, and then to to the movie. I'm like, it's looking dope. Look, they're, they're trying to stay true to the to the to the game content. Um, I mean, yeah, he he does look young. I mean, maybe the dude was a little bit older. It may be a little better, but I feel like you know Tom Holland. He's a he's a good actor, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like he, he's pulling it off so far from what I'm saying. That's really it. I'm with that fan with Nathan Fillion. That fan one. That one was dope. That's what I'm saying. Now, I'm happy to be surprised. And I like Tom Holland, so I'm going to support the content. But is he the perfect match for the game translation? Mm. I don't know. I I think it's going to be a strong five, six 
It's going to be all right. It's not going to be great. Is will be worth seeing? Yeah. Will it be a good time? Yeah. Is it going to blow our minds? Absolutely not. I'm a big fan of Tom Holland, but I feel like there's so much f- other fan castings fans have come up with. Chris Pratt. You know, there's other fan castings that we probably thought of. Yeah. Chris Perfect. Chris Pratt would have been an effortless transition into it. Effortless. It would have been so effortless that you're going, Jesus, here we That's go. That's low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Another trailer, Red Notice, something Jackie Boy worked on this one. Red Notice, that what, trailer what, dropped. As a matter of fact, this is from set. The Rock dropped off a whole case of this. Oh, Jackie's drinking. So, wait. Zoa. Well, well, we're not. Wait, wait. Don't push it. They're not a sponsor. So, let's just say. And they might. Zoa. Hey, listen. But I'll sponsor Zoa. The Rock. Listen, we'll sponsor The Rock, though. Come on. This guy's <laughs> um, too nice. So we got that trailer for Red Notice, and it looks fun. It looks big. It looks fun. It looks epic. It looks like it's kind of the same tone as as like uh, Uncharted. You know, you're going on mm. this adventure heist thing to steal a thing with a team of whatever, whatever, and figuring out what's going on. But it didn't look. It didn't look. Uh, I don't know. I can't get over some of the CGI in in that Uncharted thing. It didn't look like it had bad graphics in it. You know. I think Red Notice is going to be an average movie. It's going to be exactly what you're expecting yeah. it to be. Yep. But if The Rock and Ryan Gosling's chemistry and charisma do what Ooh. we know it's going to do, Ryan, oh, oh, say Gosling, shoot, wow. dead. There's so many Ryans. So if many The Ryan. Rock and Ryan Reynolds' chemistry and charisma do what we know it could do, it'll take this average kind of plot into like the must-see buddy cop friend action movie of, of, of the year, for sure. I agree. The only thing that's going to save that is the chemistry between the actors. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's going to be what Hollywood does so well, kind of the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what. it's This movie will absolutely deliver what it promises. It's going to be, you know, these grandiose heisting where they got to get these Cleopatra eggs back and shooting, explosions. You know, it's going to deliver what it promises. It's not going to be, you know, mind-blowing, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time, and it's just going to be enjoyable. But it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be an award-winning movie. It's going to be- but, but, but let me ask you this. Jumanji, like, over-delivered what it promised because the chemistry was so strong yeah. between the performers, specifically yeah. Kevin Hart and The Rock. Yeah. Will this movie do that? Like, Take it to the whole next level because the performers are going to bring that energy. I don't know. The thing about Jumanji is you still had a a kid's story. You had you had that youthful energy about what it is to uh, coming of age a little bit, you know. And mm-hmm. so it had a different heartbeat to it. That's that's not going to be the heartbeat of this film. True. Rich, we can hear from you. No, I think it's gonna it's gonna be great. I think Ryan Reynolds is great in everything, and he just has great rapport with everyone. And if you put him with someone who's also pretty awesome, which is The Rock, um, I don't see how it's gonna fail. Like honestly, hey, let's not sleep on good. Gal Gadot either. Yeah, oh yeah, she yeah she's in there too. Um, I love her. She should be good. She should be good. But um, it's gonna be great chemistry with all three of them. Yeah, Rich, I want to know what would happen to you. If there was a buddy movie with Ryan Reynolds and Idris Elba, 
<laughs> I want to know like what would happen to you. <laughs> I mean, I was sitting there in the theater and enjoying myself. Like, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I feel, hey, this is kids content. I feel to... like Rich will be like, "There's no reason to watch any more movies after I watch this <laughs> Ever. one." <laughs> Ever again. I'm done with movies. I don't need DVDs. I'm not buying anything anymore. I'm, I'm good. Because to... we've hit as and good as it can get. Imagine if that was the DC Marvel crossover, and they made this content just for Rich. Oh, hmm? Rich with the lotto make it happen, brother. Let's get to the reason why we're here. It's time for the main event. Guys, this is the most long-awaited, talked-about movie that I've never heard of <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I did not know about Dune until like a year ago. I didn't know it existed. But apparently it's been long-awaited, so we're going to jump into... Dune. Brief, brief recap. So basically, we are with these people, the Duke, Paul, the civilization. They need to get to this planet because they need the spice. The spice is this element, this thing that can either power their engines or can like make you hallucinate or something. The spice. They go to this planet, but there's also the Baron that was there that was pretty much like just weighing lace the people of that land. Baron leaves. Why? I don't know. They get there. They're like, listen, we got to come here. We got to do this thing. We got to get the spice. But we're going to treat these people well. We're going to make sure we give to them as much as we're taking from them. But it was all a setup. Duke got set up, played by Oscar. Isis gets set up. Pretty much he dies and his son steps in place. But by that, it doesn't matter because they're all scattered or destroyed. Uh, his mom, Paul's, Paul and his mom are pretty much on the run. She's been treating him teaching him this kind of witchcrafty thing that can make him do that. Like, you're talking this and the voice stuff. the voice people do stuff. So basically they're on the run for the whole movie. And then they meet up with the people of that land, the Fremen, Fremen, Freeman, Fremen, Fremen. people, Fremen people of that land. And basically they, 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 he has a fight to the death and they, in the end they walk with the people. And it kind of just ends with, Nothing really happening because it wasn't part of the advertisement. But this mm. is Dune part, part one. one. Yes. They did not advertise, but they didn't advertise it as part one. Thank you for no, saying at all. That. <laughs> so I knew, so I no, I, I didn't have any idea that it was part one either. I mean, obviously no one did. So I'm sitting on the plane watching it and I see Dune part one. I'm like, great. Nothing is going to happen. In this first two and a half hours, and I gotta wait for my story arc to complete four years from now. Well, for first when I saw part one, I thought like you know how movies they tell them in chapters sometimes. Like Tarantino like chapter stuff. One. Like Tarantino, yeah. I thought oh they're doing that because it's a book. Okay, part one, and then but like thirty it, minutes. But they don't part do two. that. With, they don't do that with the title of the movie though. Right, you right, you right, you right. So, what'd you guys think of Dune? Part one. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alerts. Wait, before we go any further, Jack, you dropped the ball. How'd I drop the ball? Rich, show us your t-shirt, my man. What you got on? I did drop the ball. It's the the, uh, Xavier Uh... Institute for the Higher Learning, or for Higher Learning, you know, it's the X-Men over there. Got Charles Xavier in the middle, X-Men surrounding him. It's uh, pretty dope. It's like '90s. Is that the car? That's the cartoon. Yeah, yeah, it's like a cartoon. Yeah, it's that 90s. cartoon. Oh, 
Rich, you never <laughs> disappoint, man. I, I, oh my God, dude! Like one <laughs> after another after another. The guy does not take a day off. Ever. You never catch Rich sleeping. Not even when he's in, in a sleep. Even when he's sleeping. <laughs> even when wow. he's sleeping, you never catch Rich sleeping. I mean, he, he in bed, a- Jack. He in bed sleeping. What do you do? You pull the sheets off. What do we got on? A dope t-shirt. A t-shirt. <laughs> dope t-shirt. Because <laughs> you never catch him sleeping. Ever. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. For those of you who can't see, which is everyone, he's wearing this dark navy blue t-shirt that's cut right and in the center of it he's got a yellow circle with black and white x-men character charles xavier in the middle and it looks like the 90s drawings dude that shirt looks right that's dope that's yeah. dope. well done rich well done thank you so what did you guys think of dune oh yeah back to dune less eventful than uh rich's shirt here spoiler Ooh. alerts spoiler alert <laughs> Is yeah, it just me or is it a little all over the place? It was no, it was nowhere. It, it didn't do enough to be all over let the me, place for me. Let me like, start. Let me <laughs> let me start. This is this is a production that, for all intents and purposes, has incredible source material. The source material from the book might be so incredible that there may actually be no good way to ever adapt it into a live action. But you have this incredible source material. You got an massive budget behind it you have some of the best actors in hollywood in this project and the casting is right the acting in this movie is it's flawless it's flawless you can't poke a hole into it it's flawless acting you got the cinematography looks incredible this movie looks incredible the music the the motion of the film everything should in theory be working for it except it's missing its heartbeat it's missing the story you have phenomenal scenes like between oscar isaac and timothy chalamet there's a scene where they're standing up at the like the cemetery of their fallen family lineage and it's such an incredible scene between the two and you're like my god dude i'm along for the ride and whatever you guys do i'm with you keep giving me that that's the content that I'm going to hang the whole hat on, my hat on, you know, but it doesn't happen. You Essentially what you get by the end of the film is maybe 30, 40 minutes of incredible content and then an hour and a half, two hours of one epic, epic shot set to underscored music. Wow. Wow. So so it just reminds me that you cannot sacrifice content for coolness. Can't put form over function. I'm going to jump in there with you because I was thinking a lot about that statement. And I'm not saying you're wrong because I think you're right. But I think also in filmmaking, it's all a part of the story and you get to decide which one you're leaning into. And sometimes you lean into the script. Sometimes you lean into the actors. And sometimes it's like, I made this for IMAX. So when you go into the theater and you see this immersive experience, the landscape is my art form where I'm putting the camera. It's, it's more than just, sometimes it's not about, maybe that doesn't work for Dune because Dune is a novel. It is books, but it's how you translate the content. I still have to identify the arc I'm following so I can feel for it and root for the person when it's happening or not happening. And I don't know that you have this. 
I agree. I I thought the first half was pretty cool. And all the scenes you're talking about were like in the first half, the father and son, the introduction of the Baron, who was like, yo, this is this is the kind of villain you can do whatever you want with it. Because <laughs> he is yeah. so out there and so evil and so crazy and played by an amazing actor. So the first half I was with it. And then like you, Jack, the second half, it felt like you can't ramp up because you chose for this to be a part one. So this really should end in like 30 minutes. The original Dune film that came out in 84 had similar issues where it was still it was the full story arc in that, but it still did not translate well. Right. I heard the miniseries. I haven't seen it, but I heard the miniseries translated the best. Well, they also had the time. I think when you decide to make a movie a part one, I thought the same way about the Hunger Games, uh, the, 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 the Mockingjay, where oh, it God. felt like the first one was paper thin because once you got past the introduction, now you're just killing time because we have a part two where all the action happens, where all the stakes happen. Yeah, but the Hunger part Games two. part one at least kind of had a closed loop. No, I'm not level. talking about. I'm not talking about Hunger Games Part One because you had Hunger Games, you had Catching Fire, then they broke the last film oh, into two parts. Yeah, Mocking J Part One. Yeah, they, yeah. they do that, that a lot. When, I mean, they did it with anytime you take something that's one thing and you snap it in half or in threes, yeah. you're gonna feel like, oh man, like the Matrix Two into Three, and and the, what it hurt for me was watching the third one. You spent 40 minutes of the movie just waiting for Neo to wake up. Well. But here's also the thing with Dune, right, is that the first one, the David Lynch film, they put the whole book in the first movie. It's like way too much content to cover. So then this yeah. one's like, we'll break it up in two parts. But you're like, yeah. well, but your first part gets thin at the halfway part point. So is there, is there, I don't Well, Well, first, Rich, what did you think of Dune? Uh, the music was good. The I was entertained with the whole tech of everything. I was kind of confused on why they were using blades. Like, I don't yeah, remember. I, I watched Dune, the first one, the 84 version, uh, maybe like twice. And, and I, I have, like, some recollection recollection of some of the scenes, but I still don't understand, like, why would they, like, you, you got a spacefaring civilization and you guys are using blades. Like, you have technology that puts armor around you. What right. You using? We're using <laughs> blades. Wow. But, um, Besides but that, the, it was projectile weapons weren't like lasers; they were still ballistic, you know. Yeah, but um, I mean, besides that, it 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 seemed alright. It it was certain parts. It was just like I'm gonna say what Chris said. It, it was kind of felt like it was like all over the place at, at certain times. Like homeboy was like was tripping when he was out in the spice field. He was like hallucinating. Like throughout the whole thing, he was like hallucinating or like dreaming about yeah. what was happening, like the future, I guess. Maybe he was having visions. Like they really didn't, we didn't see it. talk about it. Like he was seeing things, but we're, we're not really sure if that was like visions or maybe he was just dreaming or maybe he was kind of predi- predicting something, but like in a different type of like um, like scene situation. Because at one point you saw where he got stabbed by the, um, what's her name? Zendaya. Zendaya, yes, her character, and she's like walking around with blood on her hands. But then you don't see that happen. Like you know, I mean, maybe it might happen sometime in part two, or maybe it's like symbolize something. I'm not sure. No, I say I think that part symbolized when he found out that he had to kill himself to like be reborn, and like him taking a life was essentially killing 
a part of who he was. And that's why he kept having that pain in his stomach. And that's why he kept seeing himself die. But I mean, I, we saw that when he got killed by the, 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 the Fremen, we saw him get stabbed by Zendaya. Ooh, I, I interpret it as it was the same vision evolving, but again, it was all over the place. So I could be wrong in the way I, the way I interpreted it. For you guys who saw the original, because the big thing about the original movie is you did have narration. And I guess that helped with some of the things that I think in this movie we're just supposed to get. Mm -hmm. So do you think maybe if that they use that narration like in the first movie, which I'm sure the novel, you have a voice, or that'd be cheap? Just depends on how it's incorporated, you know? But I think, you know, Rich is highlighting on something that is problematic in many films. Flashbacks and dream sequences and things of that nature often don't translate very well because what they do is – They put the action of the film you're watching on pause to tease something that often gets teased, and in the case of Dune, is teased over and over and over, and I'm watching the same flashback dream sequence over and over and over and over again, where Mm. you could have showed it to me once or twice, and I get it, you know? I think part of the reason why we see so much of that is because, I mean, it is Zendaya, and she's in it, and she's not in it much, with the exception of those kind of dream sequency things so you want to get her as much face time to sell the content as possible and she's looks great in it she's great in it everyone's great in the film but if i were gonna throw that thing on the editing floor you probably take out 20 minutes of the movie easy just kind of chewing the fat on the dream sequences that are repetitive and redundant yeah yeah, yeah. It, it reminded me of um of Justice League when Batman was having like his little flashbacks or visions or whatever they were. Uh-huh. And you never yeah, understood what it was or why it was. Exactly. You're talking about the pre-Snyder cut. Yeah, the pre-Snyder cut, but it was the Snyder cut gave you like another hour of dream sequences to flush the whole thing. I think there was a movie within the movie that just had to do with the movie that was in the movie's dream sequence of the movie. I mean, oh. Snyder man, you Listen, give that, a man, that, man that, six that, hours that, of film time. Doing me in a six-hour film might help. Content. No, it would not have, because it still would be no, part one. It still would have been I, I, just yeah. one big epic shot. Look, I, I'll tell you what, it, it's tough jumping into a universe like this with so little description. Like we, they put us in this entire universe trying to understand politics, trying to understand what was going on, trying to understand the relationships, and it's feel. I felt like as a watcher, we were painfully uneducated. Of, unless unless you've watched the other ones and, and, and I, read the book, but most of yeah. us, piggybacking what you just said, Chris, I, I saw this on SuperheroHype.com, and they really explained it well for me. They said, watching Dune was like going to a church that you've never been to with a friend, and mm-hmm. it's familiar, but you don't really understand what's going on or what they're saying, but the music and the way it looks is so dope. But about an hour into it, you're looking at your watch now. Like the dopeness wore off about an hour in, and you're like, I yeah. don't know what you're talking about anymore. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's what feeling I'm all about. too well. That's what I'm talking <laughs> but about. But I took you to church, Chris. Yeah. I was like, what's, what's going on here? What's happening? <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about form over function, you know, content over the visual. And after a while, you're going to start realizing that there's there's a deficit and it's that deficit that needs dividends paid into it in order to support content that's so rich if i don't care about the characters i don't care how pretty it is after a while without knowing about the book too much and about the point of the book or the character because i did a little deep dive after watching it while watching it i'm going is this a colonizer story (laughs) are these like are these like sort of white white people coming to this land and just gonna like 
take its natural resources and the people of that land don't have its say? Manifest <laughs> destiny, brother. <laughs> I'm like, is that is this whole notion just manifest <laughs> destiny? <laughs> and they're not as bad as the people that was there before. And then I I, I, I listened to a deep dive on it and it kind of is because the writer of the book, his whole point was to say that basically absolute power corrupts absolutely. And we should be fearful of any charismatic leader. It's almost like he was anti-politics. So spoiler alert, in the books, Paul, he's not the savior. He's not the hero. He actually winds up hurting these people for his own agenda. And that's part of the theme is watch out for these people that'll say they're your leader. So in essence, they are straight up manifest destiny. They are <laughs> not colonizers because they're not there to like, they're just there to take the stuff and leave. Which is worse. Which is worse. <laughs> just, let me just resources and bounce. Right. And then when he's walking with the people at the end, I, I forgot what he said in a little narration, but it wasn't, it wasn't along the lines of I'm going to liberate these people and help them. It was like, I'm going to fulfill my destiny here, regardless of mm-hmm. these people. Mm. I think it's like, but the story is created in such a, a hero's journey way that I'm yeah. really curious what they do with that. Because if, if they don't oh, do what the books do. That's Hollywood content, man. You want a hero, a heroic figure to follow. And maybe that's why it's not translating so well, you know, because Maybe the heartbeat of the content wants to tell a certain story that, frankly, is just not being told because it's in an industry that wants heroic figures to be the figureheads of these pieces, you know, as opposed to he can have heroic elements, but I don't know, man. Humanity is a little more asymmetrical than that. Yeah, because they're they're there because they were sent there, but not for anything noble. They're there to to get the spice. It's not like but the dad. The dad said that too. He goes, "Follow my ways, son. We have air and and water power here. We're gonna go to the desert. We're gonna learn and take desert power. And the way to do that is to befriend the people. And then they're our people because we befriended them. Now that's our desert army. You know. So the dad put it out there. He just put it in Ooh. a way that says the dad said we don't need to oppress these people. We just need to befriend the people. And then manipulate right. them into fighting our wars. Yep. Boom. There it is. Oh, it hurt. it's, it's hurting because it's hitting home. <laughs> yeah. It's hitting home, Rich. <laughs> it's hitting home. Yeah. I think in the book, they don't specify race. Except Zendaya's character, they say she's pale and olive-skinned and some other person. So the fact that all the people pretty much are white and then all the people of the desert are people of color is like a directorial choice. But you look at the climate, the environment of the climate and how evolution happens on people. You have a a lineage of people that spent generation after generation for however many centuries in the desert. You're going to have a certain tone about you. Right. But I think, I think the point, I think the guy in the book doesn't specify race for a very specific reason. And I didn't read the book. So this is just me coming up with this on the spot. Mm. But I think it's, if he's writing something political, if he specifies color, it's easy to either take yourself out or put yourself in. But if it's mm-hmm. left open, then you don't, then it's not, there's no agenda attached to it. And I think he specifically went out of his way to make it like, 
everyone's kind of brown and olive and tan. It's the future. Everyone's mixing. Everyone's having sex. The world's smaller. See, I felt like, actually, I feel like had they drawn a stronger line in the sand (laughs) and let the desert people be super physically specific, contrast to the other groups of people that are coming to the desert, because I didn't get the sense... Yes, I got a sense of intergalactic travel, but I didn't get a sense of that with the Furman. Felt like they didn't really travel the cosmos in ships like everyone else is doing. Yeah, I guess the choice to make Paul and their family European specifically, for the most part, or just American. We had Josh Brolin in it and Oscar Isaac too, but like, you, it's it's a choice being made, and. I get why they're, they're they're famous actors and they're wonderful actors. So we're making we're casting, but I think what the book does by not specifying it allows the reader to place whatever mm. you know, and, and and you're to place skin color on something, it changes the narrative even without changing it. Well, there's really only if you're looking at it from that kind of point of view, there wasn't that much diversity. I mean, there was diversity, but it was really uh sectioned off like you had the person who came and read the edict in the beginning he mm-hmm. was looked straight african right you yeah. had the, the doctor who, who was like maybe the only asian really specific yeah. asian looking person yeah. in the film and with hey, the, the an employee right he's the employee they made the asian guy the doctor he's the doctor yeah. you know? <laughs> i mean what do we do I mean, listen, we all know Asians are pretty smart, okay? We do know, even in space. Even space Asians. Especially those space Asians. (laughs) (laughs) But but those were like the only two times in the film where race seemed really specific with the casting. All the Freemen were were, were people of color. Javier uh, uh, Bourdain was was a Furman or whatever, Zendaya. The dude yeah. that he fought at the end, I think you mentioned him. The woman who was like, I'm a I'm a I'm a rock with you guys. Oh, uh, I'm half and half. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. they were all I guess that's the thing. It's either but the, but, the, but it seemed like well, I don't know. It seemed like either you make like, it specific and this this these people look this way because of the environment, or you're saying something and you may not even know you're saying it. Is it odd that we're talking about race in a film as opposed to there's like there's little to talk about this film and that is the problem with the film. But a part of yeah. the film is these white people going to this planet to pretty much take these people's natural resource and all you had so to it's do a was historical piece. Well, <laughs> and no, made... and no, the people that were like ruling with an iron fist were super white. Super white. <laughs> Super white. <laughs> the like they've never seen sun in their life white. <laughs> Ever. And like, I might have fallen asleep here, but did they at least like give them water then? <laughs> like they're drinking tears and sweat. Give these people water. If you want the spice, trade. Like no, do. Lawrence. No, oh, Lawrence. You don't trade. What are you talking about? You go, you take, man. Right. You're right. What am I thinking? What, what do you think this is? What am I thinking? You don't there show was a, up. There's a part in the book that I think is there that I thought would have been dope on screen. After Paul kills the guy because it's his first kill, I think in the book, he cries. And the people, the Furman, are like, he's wasting his water on him. Oh, so good. 
Mm. I love that, that brilliant. movie. That would he didn't cry I though. Love, yeah. Uh, what do you think? That was content, or yeah? I mean, Timothy Chalamet, he's great. He's a dope actor. <laughs> oh yeah. You think, or they uh, can put Visine in his eyes. There's ways to get around tears if actually... they have. Hey, listen, they're 2021. There's other things than like Vix and Visine. You put, put yeah. your eye. Yeah. There's a there's this thing you can buy now. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, you guys dropping actor secrets? Oh, explain. Not mine. Explain. When I cry, I cry for real. Or it don't come out. Here's the thing for you actors listening to do the Visine drops. Do what you got to do. They don't make your voice crack. They don't make you stifle a sniffle. They don't make you do the things you naturally do when you're emotional. Which is Sorry. actually exactly what I was just going to say. It gives you the visual, but if the heartbeat's not right, it's it just feels out of place. It feels weird. Yeah. So you still have to do the acting. Would you be better Still off in something super spicy where you're tearing and sweating and like sniffling and like sometimes just better off just acting. Just yeah. better off Most to have Disney. talent. <laughs> just you know, just have talent. Just have mean talent. It. not for everyone. It's not for everyone. <laughs> not for in everyone. most cases it, the scene doesn't uh, there's an alternative to tears. It's, it's hardly ever about the te- tears are a result. There's something that's causing the emotional deficit. And if the person gets right with what that is, whatever the result to the reaction is is going to work. Because tears, uh, we're definitely off topic. Yeah, I'm gonna cut this out. <laughs> but this no, 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 no. Leave this in. This is it's, it's good insight for you aspiring actors. Crying and being drunk are kind of the same thing. In real life, you're trying not to be drunk. In real life, if you're in front of somebody and you're emotional, most of the time you're trying to suck it in. Yeah. Actors try to cry. People yeah. are trying not to cry, and that's what looks worse. That's when your voice cracks. That's when you're like, you can't keep it in, and the person's in front of you. That's what's interesting. Not the crying. Trying not to cry. Yeah. It's gonna happen anyways. That now he is dropping gems that normally people gotta pay for. So you guys are getting for free ninety nine here. Three brothers well, and the milk. What you can at least <laughs> download and subscribe. You can at least yeah. download, subscribe, and follow. Can we yeah. talk about Jason Momoa's beard? How it like was there and then it got shorter. Instantly it gone. Was, it wasn't. It wasn't gone. shorter. It was gone. No, he had a beard and then one scene he had like a deep five o'clock shadow and then the next one he was clean shaven and i'm like where did you you just stopped actually, the war to go shave i know the answer to that I t- i'll tell you why it makes sense because part of part of what you're doing while you're in the desert is you're trying to collect your own body's sweat and hair sucks all that stuff up so yeah, if he's clean shaven that mask is going to collect more of your perspiration as you're traversing the desert makes sense that he would shave you made it make sense, Jack. I know I filled in some stuff that the film does not. <laughs> you made it make sense, Jack. I, listen, I want to talk about this dope scene though. There's a there's a great moment in the movie where the guy comes to talk to the Duke and he just hawk through yes. a big one. Yes. On, on the that floor. Was dope. Yeah. And they, they pull, the pull out they pull out their swords, they're gonna cut this guy down, and the other guy goes, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Momoa jumps and he goes, Whoa, 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 hang on. This is a, a sign of uh of respect and he's he's giving you his he's giving you his bodily fluids so Momoa <sighs> spits a big one back on the floor in yeah. a sign of respect and I loved it I love that so much I felt like if there were more little moments like that throughout the film yeah. that clue me into the world we're in it, like those were the moments that I was like clinging to well, in deficit of not having enough of them I guess that's my issue with the movie, and I don't want to trash on it, but I think it felt pretentious. You know, it felt like I should already know what this is. 
I agree. Yeah, with that. I should. I yeah, should Dune. already get it. Yes, yeah. all caps. You know what Dune. it is. So it's like yeah. in a movie where you don't know what it is, and they know they got to create the world. That spitting in the water and how important it is to people would have to be in the first ten minutes, like crystal clear. Like these people, their tears. They they they'll make themselves cry just to have it. Hmm. Where here is like, you know. What, what were they doing? Drinking the blood of the person? That's why someone dying was a thing? Yeah, I think anything. Human. Their skin, their sweat, their blood, anything that could be filtered. And it's like, I, I would have loved for whoever was producing this or making this to like, well, there's a lot of people who don't know what Dune is. And then the people who don't know what Dune is are going to be watching this, maybe going, why isn't this Star Wars? So <laughs> find a way to make this so special and unique for people that aren't cleansed to this palette yet. Are my palette's not ready for this thing? Maybe what would help the content is if it wasn't necessarily like we're following it from the Duke's kids point of view, essentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we're a little more immersed in the Furman's point of view of the world and the Duke's kid is coming into it. That might actually help understand the struggle of the world we're in, the roles is, that people play in it, that, and why is things that the book, matter. Though? Is that the I book? don't know. I don't know that we're watching the book in the first place, though. True. Does it? So and at difference? this point, does it matter? Is, is, is the people that love the books love it so much that it'll mess up? The, the film if they decide to go in your direction? No, like but a different nobody, direction. nobody who loves the books is loving this. And yeah, they're not going to love it anyway. So what's the, dif- what's the difference? You know, but that's the hard thing about adapting a great book. You're almost at a deficit going into the thing. I've yes. used that word a lot today, a deficit. And I, I guess that's how I felt. I felt like the thing was kind of at a deficit. I will say – just wasn't moving fast enough. I watched the movie in four parts <laughs> over the course of two days. And I don't know how I would have felt if I saw it in a big old IMAX theater with them speakers blaring that although I might not have cared as much for the story, I might have walked out going, well, that was an immersive experience. Yeah, totally. And I wonder if, you know, there was a version of the Snyder Cut where you put one and two together and had a five-hour film. If you're at least feeling like, I saw the arc of the thing, and so I don't feel so rough. He can't resist, uh, Kenny Rich. He can't. He really can't. <laughs> For those who haven't been listening, Jack and Zack Snyder have a tumultuous, tumultuous relationship. Yeah, I love and respect the guy. Go, go listen to the Justice League Snyder Cut episode. It's yeah. a hoot. <laughs> it's definitely a hoot. And, and then followed up with the Army of the Dead. Cause and then amazing. followed up with every other episode that we made. <laughs> because true. we tend to talk about Snyder a little bit. Thank you. Uh, final thoughts, guys. What do you think? I was um, I was a little, little let down with it. Because you know, I wasn't expecting it to be a two-part, first of all. That just came out of surprise. Like as things were progressing, and then I'm I'm looking at the time and how much I had left of viewing time. I'm like, <laughs> what's about to happen here? Because it's like 30 minutes left. Yep. <laughs> like, wait, are they just about to steamroll this whole thing now? Like, but um, yeah, I was kind of disappointed that it was a two-parter. Um, I hope they deliver with the second part, and a little bit less of the dreaming. Maybe some of those dreams come to fruition, like with the him getting stabbed. Um, that, we're assuming that's what that was, but. 
I don't know. I guess the problem with that is, and I don't, I don't know if they shot them back to back, but if you get a part two, like the numbers still have to make sense. Right. Right. Yeah. It's true. Unless they shot them back to back, and part two's already in the can. They Lord be. of the Lord of the Rings did. Maybe, but if they didn't, you really you about to put all your money on one giant exposition. <laughs> Yeah, because this movie did not look cheap. I'll tell you that right now. No. Yeah. Well, and and often the you know the problem with that is you might not get the second part. If this movie does not do well enough, you might never get the conclusion of it. Man, mm, I'll be all right. Oh wait, and another Jack. thing. Wait a minute. This is a, a society where they were using swords to fight. But they had a laser to drill through the door. Like they had laser technology. <laughs> oh, <you're> right. <laughs> and like a laser that they had to run from because it was like, yo, this thing will take off your arm. Right. Like, like it went through everything. It, it, like it went through that door and then to the wall. Like, so you man, had a laser. Wait, you had a laser this whole time. Aquaman came out with two swords and took out like thirty of y'all, <laughs> and y'all brought out your most dangerous piece of equipment. For the door. To the door. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was like, not, this, not this dude who's like cutting through everybody. Yo, the for whole the time, door. that whole fight scene, he was fighting. I, was, I saw the dude coming with the gun. I'm like, oh, he's messed up now. Then nothing happened. I'm like, wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> you know, you know, there's one soldier. There's like, oh, we're not gonna use that on him. No, that's the door. That's <laughs> a door laser. People laser. A door laser. Stupid. Yo, he's the guy who's on the crew that's always mad, annoying because he's saying stuff that makes sense, but everyone else just wanted to do it the way they want to do it. It's like, come on. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Hear me out, guys. Hear me out. The lasers for the door. We should shoot people with. You're he gets a home, freaking he idiot. Gets home You're an idiot. You're an idiot, John. He gets home talking to his wife, just complaining. I still understand why they never want to use the laser. <laughs> and the bad guys. And then you got the other guy talking to his wife. You won't believe what John said today. He wants to use a laser on a the laser person. again. That's all he ever cared about. John again with the lasers? He's uh, like, it doesn't make sense. Why are we using knives when we have lasers? We're lasers this that fight. cut through the shields. Yeah, that's why they were hiding. You know, they were all wearing their personal shield, but the laser was going to blast through them. I, I don't think they shield. thought this through. <laughs> uh, okay. I would I would not recommend people watch it. But let me preface this by saying I wouldn't recommend people watch it now. When the second one comes out and assuming it actually concludes the story, I would recommend people clear about a five-hour chunk of your time and just watch them back-to-back. You're probably going to have a better experience than watching this one as it is. Should we now. watch part two before we tell them to do that? Because part two well, I'll should be more the same. Well, I'll say this: at me saying this right now is still not going to be wrong till that comes out, and then if it is wrong, we'll clarify it then. Oh, hey, remember when a year ago, two years ago, a shot of milk said, "Hey, man, wait till the sequel comes out, and then watch it <laughs> back to back." We taking that back. We retract it. Just don't watch the crap Just anymore. Don't watch time. It. Yep, Dune. Was beautiful. Jack said it. You guys said it. Wonderfully acted. The score was fantastic. But it's it's like going to a country where they speak sort of English, and you kind of understand the broad strokes, but you're too confused. And then at a certain point, you're just a little too confused to care. And that's kind of where I got hit. <laughs> at about an oh, hour into much. it, it's like going into the deep country of uh, England. Is what you're saying? Like, like I can kind of understand what you're saying, but what are you saying? 
Yeah, but and then some of the beauty kind of wears off because you're like you're tired of not understanding what's going on, and I'm tired of you talking to me like I should understand the Duke and this and that and the ring and the empire. Who's the emperor? Who's what's this empire? Who is this? Oh, it's so fine. You'll understand. It's coming later. It's like I mean, I'll be here later. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you just assuming I got nothing else to do with my time? Don't you understand that Game of Thrones prequel series will be out probably by then? Don't you understand I got things to do? <laughs> yeah. What are we talking about here? By then? Bro, we said Venom what? We said four because four. three is already green lit. So probably have Venom 4. I'm watching oh. Venom 4 before I watch this. I'll tell you that right now. You know, it's a crazy day in this world when Christopher St. Victor says he'll watch Venom 4 over <laughs> Dune. <laughs> uh, guys, that's all I got for Dune. Yeah. Recommendations? I got some. So, Dune was an eight, took place. The original Dune was from 1984. What remakes, 80s sci fi remakes, would I recommend? Us, I, I like to see, which which I think would be cool. Number one, inner space. I think it would be dope if they redid inner space. So when the guy <laughs> shrunk down and thing went inside the guy's body, yeah, it was so cool in the eighties. I think it would be really cool if they did it now. You know what's so crazy? What I have been playing that song all week. There's a song where Martin Short and uh, it's a uh, Dennis Quaid, Martin Short. It's a great movie actually. It's a pretty pretty fun movie, Inner Space. But they play this song, Twisting the Night Away. Man, you find the hole in yonder, twisting the night away. Yeah. I've been playing it all week. It's so weird, the timing of it. That's why wow. we're the three brothers in the shot of milk. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah. My man. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, uh, Disney movie, Flight of the Navigator. A boy Flight of the meet- Navigator. Right? Again, you do that with modern technology and modern CGI with the when, yes. when the the silver ship morphs the long ship, the really fast version. I think it'll, yes. be, I think it'll be awesome. I've never seen Spider the Navigator. No, oh Yo, my god, like Lawrence. Oh wait, what did you just kid? say, Jack? Yes, the dirt bike. Yes. Wow, that movie <laughs> was trash. Like my pet monster. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. So it was a Disney movie. The kid found this alien ship. It's it's like a uh like a yeah yeah. I know what that is now. I never. That's the movie I never remember the title for. You never saw it in the beginning, but you see pieces because it's always. I've never seen it the whole way through, but I've seen it the whole way through in pieces over the last thirty nine years. Yep. Yes. Exactly. That's a great movie. Yeah, it is. I might go back and watch it right now. Number three, they live with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Which had one of the most awesome lines ever said in movies. I came here to to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of gum. Yes. Wait, that's from that that movie. Duke Nukem reversed it. It said, "I came here to kick ass and chew bubble gum." It came. Duke Nukem 3D said it reversed, and it got real popular when we were young. But Mm. the real way to say is, "I came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of gum." Came from they live, Rowdy Roddy Piper. (laughs) Yep. Why in my head did I hear when you said it's reverse? Give go. I'm here to kick ass. <laughs> Wait, what? In a mall at a. I'm here to I'm kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all at a. <laughs> <laughs> but I got this whole pack of bubble gum. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, sorry. 
This is where my head went. <laughs> oh man. Uh, and then my last one, my man Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Ah, notice the symbol uh, Johnny Five. There's already five sequels of that. Yeah. Can we get one without the white guy pretending to be Indian though? I would like that. Mm, that might be fair. You wouldn't rather see the Wraith? Yes, the Wraith, Jack. The why are you in my head? The Wraith is the most. Chris, I mean, you know the Wraith. I'm saying you're adapting sci-fi movies from that time period. Why are you missing the, the best Wraith. one? Man, true, come the Wraith. Come on. And you know what? Number five is it the Wraith. Has everyone yeah, here seen the Wraith? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I not actually own it on DVD. You used to own it on DVD. I still do. I still have it. You bought it on DVD because that's yes, like well man. after. Yes, man. The Wraith was dope. <laughs> The idea of the Wraith was dope. Not dope. <clears throat> the idea no one is of recommending is anyone go watch the Wraith. Actually, I am. Years. I'm recommending you go watch the Wraith. Did you know Johnny Depp was up for it, but he wasn't famous enough, so it went to Charlie Sheen, and Charlie Sheen shot that right after Platoon, and when the Wraith came out, the director of Platoon said, never do a movie like that ever again. You turn into, what are you, a car? <laughs> no, your, your, your career is too good. Do not do that movie again. What are you, a car? Dude. Because there were some cool things in that movie, man. Like, remember when he was on the motorcycle and he was being chased? And the motorcycle went into the distance and then just, like, turned into lights and went into the sky? Like, they never explained anything. So many questions for the Wraith. So many questions. We should just, we should do a throwback Wraith episode. Like, no one would listen to it. But for, for yeah. us. Probably someone it. would listen to it. They'd be yes. like you, Lawrence. They'd be like, finally, someone's talking about it. <laughs> finally, like, I try to find someone talking about the raid. Well, thank you all for listening. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all for listening to Three Brothers and a Shot of Milk. You can find us on Instagram. We're dropping content all day, every day. We're here because we love this stuff. And guess what? I'm here to kick ass and shoot bubblegum. And I'm all out of ass. ass. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, same bedtime, same bed channel. <laughs>